Um, Does that sound good? Uh, you're gonna just do the pre-read live. Is that all right? Um, I don't have a pre-read. You don't? Okay. Nope. No, we just do the buff stuff. Um, yeah. So let me know when it goes, and I'll retweet it real quick, and then I'll do the intro. But I'm good whenever. We are live and recording. All right. Look at that. Um, Go retweet real quick. Yeah, time to retweet real quick in front of the camera. Um, we're live. All right. Okay. Uh, you good, Dre? Yeah, let's do let's this. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, welcome in to the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm Henry Chisholm, and this is Andre Simone. Yes. Uh, and we're going to tell you all about the college football playoff semifinals, the other bowl games that we are interested in, and whatever else kind of comes up. Uh, how's it going, Dre? Good. We have like a draft pick locked in. Bulls are finishing up. Yeah, it's crazy. This is this isn't a drill anymore. Like this, we're it's officially on. People are starting to like care about us as much as they care about the normal Broncos draft podcast or Broncos podcast. I know. I stayed slightly unplugged for uh, a day there on the holidays, and then had to go back and answer people who sent us our, oh, their mocks. It was uh, so many mocks. It was a lot of good ones too. What uh, has really anything changed with how you see the Broncos handling the draft? The the same needs at the top. You want to go receiver well, tackle. I think it's changed because they're at 15 now, and we're going to get into that. So I think that changes a lot. I think more or less the value is going to be the same as it would be in that 10 to 12 range, which is what we were looking at. So I really think this tackle class is deep enough to where you'll still find a decent guy, but maybe you're reaching even more so at 15 than you were at 12 or 10. But I, I just keep getting this feeling one of these stud receivers, and for me, there are four. One of them will be around at 15, and that's, them, yeah. that's where I'm dialed into. What, uh, I guess we'll, we'll spend a lot more time on this in the second segment, but uh, before we move on to talk about these semifinals, Dre, should the Broncos have tried to tank, or is going 4-1 and one with Drew Locke more important than the draft pick? I mean, no, they shouldn't have tried to tank. They could have just allowed two points to be scored on that last game. <laughs> okay. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Actually, Will Parks was following the script. Uh, Hunter Renfro is wide open. <laughs> <laughs> like, he it's beats true. Will Parks. It's he true. shakes open. Shelby Harris is the one guy that didn't get the memo. So, All right. That sucks. Okay, so let's jump in with the first uh, semifinal game that we saw on Saturday. And that was Oklahoma playing LSU. Uh, Storyline there is that Joe Burrow is the number one pick. And Justin Jefferson might be rising up some draft boards. Yeah, we talked about last pod how, you know, when, when you establish there's that top tier and then there's that second tier. And Jefferson had firmly put his name into that second tier mm -hmm. where guys like him and Ayuk might surprise you and go top 20 or in that. 15 to 30 range you know after that game yikes um yeah he's for sure going in the first round he he's was a bully he, out there he was unstoppable 
and, and touchdowns in the first half. Exactly. And the knock on him is that, you know, maybe he doesn't have the elite athleticism. He right. isn't, like, speedy like Henry Ruggs. He isn't, right. like, this freak who, when he gets to the combine, guys are going to be like, oh, wow, y- y- we have to have him on the roster. Right. But the production is just undeniable, especially oh, in a college undeniable. football playoff semifinal. Uh, 14 <laughs> catches, 227 yards, right. four touchdowns. I mean, he, he played almost a perfect game of football. What I want to know is your take on the Oklahoma corners. You know, was he just exposing bad cornerbacks, or sh- should we really be saying that he is an elite I mean, receiver? on that day he was. They're not as bad as he and Burrow made him look. They're not great either. But, I mean, these two guys have been doing this to everyone. They did it to Alabama. They did it to Georgia. They did it to Texas. Their schedule was as hard as any in the country, and they smoked everyone. They did. And that's what's been so impressive about Burrow is every year there's a game you can point to. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, that Alabama game wasn't great. Um, Jared Goff, boy, he has that Utah game where he throws four picks. Uh, Carson Wentz had that Northern Iowa game where he threw a pick and looked shaky at times. Drew Locke last year, he has the Georgia game. He has the South Carolina game in a monsoon, and he has the Alabama game. You know, those three games are knocks on him. Uh, Baker Mayfield has the the bowl games where he doesn't look great. The Ohio State game, yeah, they win it. He does the flag thing, but he's really more deking and dunking than make. So every prospect always has. If Tua declares, we would go back to last year and be like, oh, yeah, that Georgia game wasn't good. That Clemson game wasn't good. He was forcing things. It is very rare where it's every single game of that entire season, you are immaculate and just torching people. And that's what Joe Burrow's done. Joe Burrow's torched people. He's put up over 5,200 passing yards. He has 55 touchdowns and only six interceptions. It's... It's that's incredible. Unreal. Yeah, like, he, he is there any chance he is not the number one overall pick? Zero. Okay. None. So do we need to keep talking I mean, about him? He, like, his <laughs> leg would have to fall off or something. Yeah, like, seriously. I mean, he'd have to lose a limb. And, I mean, those numbers Henry just referenced, that's not in 16 games, people. This is a, a college schedule. So he's had, what, 12 plus the conference championship and the bowl game. So, I mean, that's four, those numbers in 14 games are absurd it's it's absurd. incredible 77 percent uh completion percentage he's been unbelievable did anybody incredible else to watch anybody else in this game really stand out to you and again lsu ran away with this they had what 48 yeah. points in the first half yeah ended up beating oklahoma 63 28 it was never really that close and again the storyline has to be joe burrow and justin jefferson but did anybody else stick out uh, Delpit was okay, but kind of more of the same. Fulton, fine, good. Chasson looked good. Hurts, I think, is the story in this, where Hurts, he's just bottomed out a little bit. Yeah, and the thing with Hurts is, you know, I was really high on him early in the season. Big time. If Love you him. remember. Um, but what's happened is that he doesn't seem like he is necessarily like a, a quarterback you know he he does a lot of things well but when you look back at the guys who really succeeded in the nfl lamar jackson for example i've been going back watching lamar jackson even in high school trying to compare him to uh, brendan lewis who's going to the buffs oh nice bit of a stretch but uh you know when you watch him play the touch on his passes the the way that he places the ball on every single pass he throws is just incredible you know it's always right where it needs to be and jalen hurts 
doesn't have that. And maybe maybe he can still improve. Maybe through the draft process, sure. he starts working with a quarterback coach, all that kind of stuff. It's not over for him by any means. But until he can start putting the ball in these tight windows, mm-hmm. it's just tough to see him finding success against NFL defenses, even if he is fast, even if he can make plays with his legs. Um, you know, I was saying a couple months ago that I could see him rising up draft boards in a Kyler Murray-type fashion so that he would be a first-round pick. And right now... He just doesn't have the magic that he had early on. Those stat lines early on were just insane, though. Yep, but it comes down to better defenses, tighter windows, forces you to be that much more exact. My comp when we were talking about his improvements earlier in the year, I was saying he he was giving me Josh Allen vibes. And what we found in Mm -hmm. the second half is while his arm has improved significantly in his last two college seasons... It's not at that super elite level where you can make up for the off script stuff that he likes to do. And even when it's not off script, the, you know, backloaded throws he makes and what have you, he can't do those regularly enough and doesn't have enough um, elite arm power to overcome that stuff. And it is worth noting that he has improved dramatically already in a major I mean, cause, way because i couldn't imagine saying that he would be even a prospect to be to be drafted a sure. couple of years ago mm-hmm. all he could do was run he couldn't throw a football really at all but right but at and this when point, he did nothing jumped out where it was like oh that's an nfl throw it was like no well they're they're defending the run so he was able to complete a fairly routine throw yeah exactly and so he has made a lot of progress he's going to need to keep making even more progress going forward if he's going to have success in the NFL. Um, C.D. Lamb, and he had a good game. Uh, Yeah, he was great. Big plays, you know? Yep. They're just, in in that offense, there wasn't too much going on. Most of the production was him, though. I think that he deserves some credit for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's the only guy who could do anything for them. So credit to him. Against two NFL cornerbacks. True. Because, you know, Fulton and then uh, Stingy is the Stingley. Stingley. There is an L in there. Um, You know, both those guys are high-end prospects. They are. That's the thing. As much talent as LSU has on defense, eesh. That's a lot of those guys have become buyer beware type guys for me. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, where it's like when I watch them, none of those, you know, the Chasson, Stingley, Fulton, Delpit, none of them are just like in my face, wow, that's an NFL dude. That's a guy huh. you want to have. They're all like, meh, meh. Yeah, they're nice. They'll, they'll be in the NFL. They've got the measurables. They've got the talent. They've got the upside. But right now, they're not these like studs that you can't pass up. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Uh, let's move along to the second semifinal. Um, disappointing to me personally. Oh, really? I, this is a take I haven't heard before. I really wanted to see hot, what Justin Jefferson would do against Jeffrey Okuda. Yeah. Like that 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 whole time he was playing uh in the first semifinal I was just thinking like okay, sure. Do it against Jeffrey Okuda. Yeah. Let let's see against mm-hmm. the top cornerback. Okuda didn't have happens. a good game though. He got burned like 3 times. Yeah. Like badly. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't his best by any means, but I thought he started off really well and then fell off a little bit. Yeah, there. I can think of one play in particular where he did get beat, but, you know, it happens. Um, sure, sure, sure. And was it T. Higgins who got him? I can't Ooh. remember. Uh, um, Higgins or Ross, I don't remember which one. 
Yeah, which Ross might be the better prospect than Gosman. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That, that is a little bit of a hot um, take. Uh, I don't think for most. What Ross is a stud. What are your takeaways? So Clemson wins 29-23. So first off, Who the defenses sh- dominate early on. Chase Young is like much like Joe Burrow, Chase Young was just like, yeah, sorry guys, like I'm without a doubt the best player on this field. I'm going to dominate from beginning to end. Uh, Clemson's right tackle, who uh, McChesney mentioned to me two years ago. And if McChesney says something about an O-lineman, I listen. Um, and he's got a senior bowl invite. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. I'll have to look him up as soon as you start talking. Um, it, it's just an odd name. But, you know, he couldn't do anything about against Chase Young. Anything. Chase Young was just in Lawrence's face the whole time early, and it was kind of like that that offense stalled out. They couldn't do anything. So the defensive studs really stood out. Even Okuda early on, I thought, looked good. Um, the, the linebackers for Ohio State, who we probably haven't talked enough about, Malik Harrison, looked good to me. I'm a big fan of Pete Warner, who's just a junior, probably doesn't declare, but he looks really nice. He gives me some... Fred Warner, who's been great uh, with the, oh gosh, uh, with the 49ers this year. I thought Isaiah Simmons made some unbelievable yeah, plays. Yeah, he, he looked special. It's really ridiculous special. how so good he is so for a linebacker. Yeah. So long. No, he's, he's, it's, he could play what, like outside of position. D-line and O-line, he could play just about a quarterback. I assume he can't yeah. throw. <laughs> yeah. But like basically every position on the football field that isn't in the trenches or behind center. He is just an unbelievable skill set. You know, he yeah. he is too good in coverage to be considered like a linebacker. You know, like you feel like you have to be calling him a safety. I've seen some people say like he's a linebacker slash safety. It's like, no, he's just a linebacker who has that sort of speed. Uh, he's strong. He's making more tackles than I expected, given his body type. Like I thought yeah. that that would be a, yeah. a bigger concern. No, um, he's physical. He's not like, oh well, he's one of these finesse weak side linebackers. No, no, no. <laughs> I I seriously <laughs> love his game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I thought I always thought had he declared last year, he could have given the Devons a run for their money. I uh, yeah. I mean, watching him this year, if if. I, I think mean, it's weird having another year the of combine tape. is at those alien like levels. I think he could have easily gone ahead to Devin Bush. Yeah, that's where I had him rank going into the end of the season last year. I agree. Like right now, if for some reason like their draft years all lined up, mm-hmm. I would say that I would probably take him above the others. Uh, the Devons. I forgot about the Devons. That was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, he's he's a monster. He's everywhere. He's built. I I don't even know. Like he's wiry and long and almost looks like a speedy downfield jump ball receiver oh yeah he looks like an h-back he looks like that like it's weird oh yeah he's one of those hybrid tight end receivers and it's like no he's no and i think he's going to get knocked down because of that build because teams are going to be scared can he and what happens when he's one-on-one with ezekiel elliott what happens when he's one-on-one with i don't know Garrett Tra- Bowles, even you know George what, Kittle, what happens. someone like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like he's gonna have to go up against offensive linemen, get off those blocks, and still have enough power generated, like as he's coming off blocks, to bring down NFL running backs. Right. And I think that that's it's it's a little a legitimate concern, but I think it's going to be overblown just because of what he looks like. Yeah, 
you know yeah. even though you can see on tape like it's not like he's bad at it like he's he, i mean for for a college linebacker he's very good at it mm-hmm. it's just how much does it translate i and, do get the feeling uh, he's going to get a little of that visca knocks on him where it's like well they use him like this huh. yeah he's yeah. so versatile it's almost like that versatility is a, is taken a, put against him yeah kind of like in visca's case you aren't just having him do receiver things on every snap. So his route right. running isn't quite as refined as some of these other guys. Right. And you don't have quite as much tape on him making, you know, plays on digs, making plays on slants, making plays on all these different routes. Right. When you do for other guys, you see that week in, week out, they can run the full route tree and have success. Right. Visca, half the time he's at H back, and so you just lose it. Yeah. And so I, I I don't necessarily think that Simmons is going to be bad at any of these things. Um, and I do think that he's going to get knocked down because he isn't doing one thing consistently. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I had a good friend of mine who uh, I, I used to do a lot of draft podcasts with, um, Luca Domenighini, shouts to him. He was saying he worries he could be a little Shaq Thompson, who's been mm. a good pro, but never quite reached that level of like top Monster. 15 prospect that I, yeah. because it was the same thing. It was like, oh my God, Shaq Thompson's unbelievable. And you, like, exactly. You see him and you say, how could, how could this guy not wind up being a, an elite right. NFL? Like, how can right. he not be the guy who we're all talking about? Like, right. For the next 10, 15 years is one of the best linebackers. Like the, the Ray Lewis of his era, the Brian Erlacher. Right. And sure totally. they aren't quite the same style of players, but yeah, that, that like, oh, no. you're the number Absolutely. one right now. Right, because he's such a fit in the modern game. But yeah, but and I could understand some of the concerns, and I guess in a sense, I have seen it before. Um, but man, you just gotta put them in the right hands. Do you think that the Broncos are the right hands? I think Vic Fangio could very well be yes. Right next to Alexander Johnson, you know, you've seen mm-hmm. Will Parks play that slot role. Maybe you could have him play kind of a slot. Look I mean, that's on some of downs. what he does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes it more of the the college defense. The defense that we've spent a lot of time talking about, kind of like the Nick Saban thing yeah. where you have the star there. So it's a linebacker slash safety yeah. slash cornerback, and it really isn't well, a I true mean, nickel look. With the nickel being your the defensive formation that you most feature, a defender like that is so important. It is. It's incredible. It is. I also thought... Um, like Okuda, we talked about. I thought, uh, I thought the secondary for Ohio State looked pretty good. I mean, look, to get Clemson's offense going, Trevor Lawrence had to run the ball. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence. Seriously, that was surprising to me. I and mean, Trevor Lawrence, it was weird seeing the takes on Twitter after that game. Them saying like, "How could you dispute him? He's making big plays late." And at the same time, it's like he didn't look all that special early on. And maybe it's a play call. Maybe yeah. if they put him in more situations where he could throw the ball instead of asking him to run. But the whole time it's like, why are you not trusting the man who's supposed to be the number one overall pick in next year's draft to throw the football? Well, for a while, cause they couldn't even drop back and pass because Chase True. Young was making sure that wasn't True. a possibility. Um, I, in a, in a sense, that game kind of summarized Trevor Lawrence entire season started off slow there's still inconsistencies, and yet at the end of the day, when it really matters, you see all that pure natural talent put together. 
forget about it. He's he really is a one in the million type prospect, and the difference between him and Fields were fairly noticeable. Mm-hmm. Because Fields had to kind of feast off the short to intermediate game just to keep the chains moving and stay alive. And J.K. Domitz, who was not 100% after he got a little nicked up, was unbelievable. Um, that might be a, a greater arching theme for me this bowl season is watching a lot of running backs and thinking, boy, he'd be nice in Denver. Yep. Yep, I, I, we Finding definitely need to get more into these thirsty backs. for running backs than I thought I'd be I coming agree. into it. Yeah. I agree. Maybe we could talk about that more in the second segment. I mean, get into thank you, Royce Freeman, for ending the season on a negative four rushing yard performance. That all that makes it easier. That'll quench the, you know. That'll make you thirsty in a hurry for running back. I know, and especially with the Broncos coming out, like John always saying, we're going to take a month off and then go through the film. The the four yard negative four yard performance won't be quite as fresh in their minds a month from now, but still not the way you want to end the season no um i want to talk about these running backs later on but before we get there i justin fields just never really had the flashes to me where you're like there's the arm that's the arm similar not i mean still head and shoulders above jalen hurts sure but but in that same way where it's like you just got to show me a little something in Mm -hmm. this game in in this college football semi-playoff or semi-final for the playoff like can you make one or two plus throws, touch throws. Right. And we saw Trevor Lawrence make those late. Yeah. You know, we saw him scramble around, find his guy. Right. Like, well, there was something there. We'd seen this from fields against both Michigan and Wisconsin to end the season, not 100%, gets nicked up, comes back, shows you some of those flash throws. In this game, not so much. Though if you look at the stats, still a pretty decent game. Yeah. 30 of 46, 320 yards, touchdown, two interceptions. Yeah. Well, but in, in hyper-competitive games like that, it comes down to a couple of key plays. And when Trevor Lawrence was the one who made those plays, the difference showed. It really did. Yeah. At the end of the day, it did. Yeah. yeah. That's a kill Sorbo, our fantastic video producer, for those of you listening to the podcast. Here's one take that I'm not even sure I'm totally bought into, but... I definitely spent a lot of time thinking about it mm. uh, during the Oregon game. And okay. that's that I see some I see some Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. The 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 skill set, the being an incredible arm, being kind of this wonder kid like next up, he's going to take over, but at the same time it it doesn't quite happen you know trevor lawrence sure he finished that game great and he's been very good all year and i do think that he's he going to be the one over season po- unbelievable yeah yeah exactly but there was a moment when uh, it was when justin herbert was running the football where i was like oh this is just like what clemson did with trevor lawrence and things kind of spiraled from there where i kind of saw like what why aren't you putting up a little bit better passing numbers why is it a little bit too hard like trevor lawrence he, sh- he should be having a joe burrow like season going up against acc competition yeah you know True sophomore, but yeah, I I hear you. I I don't know. I hear you. I just think his throws are special enough, and we've seen him do it against the highest competition. Yep. And unlike Herbert in the clutch. Yep, that's fair. Herbert's Herbert sunk. Lawrence pulls out his best stuff. So you know that's I agree. That's the the truly defining difference between those two. And and I'm not But I see your point. He's got a, you know, we are so quick to anoint guys to crown them. Next season's going to really tell us a lot. I think so. And and I do think that Trevor Lawrence is going to separate himself um 
I just I expected more. The way his freshman year went, I expected him to come out oh, for and sure. have the Joe Burrow like numbers. Like yeah, I thought he was magic in that way that he, he could just tear anybody apart. He the ACC not giving him any ranked opponents to play against this year really hurt him. Because huh. if we look at his stats in the once he got to conference play, they were absolutely annihilating teams, and he was he was immaculate. But there was there were very few games for us to talk about on the pod on a week in week out basis because it was like okay big whoop they beat on a terrible Florida State or a terrible Miami or then okay Virginia Tech like who cares yeah and you know he finished the season sixty seven point six completion percentage yeah good I mean, not ten percentage points lower than Burrow though. exactly. 3,400 passing yards, I mean, 2,000 fewer than Burrow, but that's just an insane number. 36 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. So, like, still a very good season, but he didn't... Yeah, he, no, you're right. It's he didn't not look like Martian-like a, numbers. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think there's a good chance that he comes out next year and does all of yeah. those things, but... Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I was disappointed I in his season, and maybe that's because my standards were too high, but I was disappointed. I think that's where I can finish that. Um... Anything else you want to talk about from this game? Is, is AJ asking us questions on Periscope, Cal? Oh, I haven't even looked at the Periscope. Oh, let me pull that up real quick. Yeah, if there are any, if, there, if anything's going on in there that we should know about, chime Before in. Before we do that, let me talk um, Holiday Bowl real quick, yep. where Iowa destroyed USC. And for me, it was a game defined by the AJs. One Austin okay. Jackson and one A.J. Epinesa, who absolutely destroyed the left tackle for USC, who we've been so high on we have. all year. Epinesa instead kind of fell off a little because the production wasn't there earlier in the year. It was there in a big way to end the year. This probably is best performance of all. I even turned this game on late, but it took two seconds to be like, oh, Epinesa's absolutely murdering people out here. Um, he ends the game with two and a half sacks, one and a half tackles for a loss. He could not be stopped. Boy, he'd be a nice fit in a Broncos front three. He would. Yeah. I mean, do you see a little bit of Derek Wolf there? Like maybe a better Derek Wolf, but in that similar style of player? Derek Wolf, who could play as a true D end a little better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so a little more like speed, maybe a little bit lighter. Maybe yeah. not even lighter. Kind of when you look a at little him. more athletic. Yeah. Though, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, the USC receivers, though Michael Pittman, another guy that we've been very high on. Yeah. Not much out of him, Mm-mm. but Amon Ross St. Brown, who is not draft eligible, he took over nine catches, 163 yards. He was kind of the bright spot for USC. Um, we'll yeah. probably talk more about him in the off season as we get closer to his draft eligibility. Sure. But I, I was very impressed by him, and that's kind of how the USC receivers work, though. They just have so many five-star guys who rotate in, and you never really know which one's going to take off. Um, it's kind of like one hurts the next. Ex- not to, exactly. Not to go back, but AJ's comment was, Lawrence putting up an all-time great college career, LMAO, LMAO he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck. That's fair. I mean, you yeah, see sure. it. Uh, he's he's on pace for an all-time great college career. I mean, he has National championship is a true freshman. Can't hate on that. Yeah. This year, another chance to win one. I just want, I just want a little more flash out of him. I don't want so much of the, 
Yeah, I mean, you don't want the inconsistencies. He's got to figure some of these things out. Yep. Um, Back to the point on the SC receivers, though. Um, Just because Michael Pittman has a down game, I don't think that those should ever knock him too much just because there is so much talent at receiver from USC. And honestly, him having the down game kind of reminded me of that. He's been so consistent putting up big numbers when there are so many options in that offense. He's... He's going to be something special. I'm still yeah. convinced. About Austin Jackson, yep. boy, those hands need to improve. Huh. Well, I mean, that's because that's a guy like Epinesa with that kind of power. He's just slapping his hands down and boom, off he goes. And his his power needs to improve. You know, that lower body, the ability to anchor against power needs to improve. He's lighting the pants. Yeah, he's like, he needs to play with <laughs> more power in the pants. Okay. Sure. Power sure. in the pants. <laughs> um. In the- Make enough terms as we go. <laughs> Brandon liked that one. Um, is there anything else that really came through here? I didn't notice nope. anything else I want to talk about. Nope. Aside from the New Year's Six, I think we've mentioned what we want to mention. Yeah. Uh, let's get into it. Want to go Rose Bowl next? Why not? All right. So Look, can I just take a victory lap? While we're on camera, I should take a literal victory Ooh, that'd lap. That'd be a lot of fun. And just say, I said this like 15 months out. It might have been even longer. Lock look like a better, more polished prospect whose trajectory was better and made more important improvements in his draft status than Herbert did. And Herbert this year has confirmed that I was correct about that. So, boom. Rose Bowl champion. Taking my victory lap. Yeah. Yeah, Rose Bowl champion, though, so shout out to him. And again, I mean, I agree. I'm not high on Justin Herbert. Um, He... Again, I just don't understand why he isn't doing more. He struggled so hard in that game. He did. And and I mean it's it's weird. Like I said earlier, this is where this Trevor Lawrence comparison came from. He was just running the ball. Like that was the way that they could get this offense moving. Mm-hmm. He he ran for three touchdowns. That's what got him going. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and this is a Wisconsin D that Justin Fields not at a hundred percent pulled out the best. Herbert couldn't. Yep. In the biggest stage. 14 to 20, 138 yards, one pick, no touchdowns. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And and you know, there's something to my boy Thock Morton struggled at this one too. The Rock. The The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Um We'll get into that in a second. But with Justin Herbert, you know, I do think that there is something to the fact that he is playing on a defensive football team. You're going to be more conservative. You don't mm-hmm. need to be airing things out. And the same thing is true for Trevor Lawrence. You know, yep. it's it's about winning the football game. And they've both proven they can do that. Maybe Justin Herbert not quite as much. Um, right. But, I've, I, th- I mean, this is what I talked about when we had Ryan on for this one pod, um, for that one draft pod, was, like, it does turn me off that Oregon's set up to be defense and run first. And he's supposed to just be their closer. And when they need a pass, we hope and pray Herbert can pass. And guess what? In the biggest games, he's failed at that. It's true. He's Wade davis it. He comes in. He blows the lead. We're done. Time and time again, he's done this. So, Okay, so so you're... I can't wait for the Chargers to draft him six overall and just <laughs> laugh every time I watch him. Huh. Yeah. He kind of does seem like a Philip Rivers type. Oh, it's happening, bro. He happening. does, doesn't it? That makes oh, so happening. much sense. It's happening. Oh. Philip yeah, Rivers just about like announced he's not going to come back to the Chargers Fair. as he's crying on the podium. I've been, I've been thinking of 
Justin Herbert is more of like a Kirk Cousins type, but I could definitely see Philip Rivers. I mean, they're pretty similar quarterbacks. I don't know. I mean, if we're doing a comp, he's he's faster. He's more he's, athletic. He's Blake Bortles, Carson Wentz. Like those mm. guys can go either way. They've got size. They've got athleticism. They've got the arm. It's do you put it together or do you yeah. falter under pressure? Which hey, Herbert's track record would suggest he'll falter under pressure. Huh? Yeah. If you, if you're an NFL GM, you need a quarterback. Maybe it isn't like the most pressing need. Where do you take him? Is he a second-round guy? Third-round guy? I'll have to adjust my rankings because he's still in my top 20. Um, I would be very skeptical if I'm running an NFL front office. Huh. I would be very skeptical. Yeah, I wouldn't pull the trigger before round two. Which quarterbacks would you take in front of him? Tua and Burrow. I don't see that's the I, thing. I don't but I don't trust Jordan Love enough. I think Jake Fromm is a waste of a top hundred pick. After Tua and Burrow, um, those guys really you know, drop off. I'm, I'm like, not I, I probably would take Hertz ahead of him. You would? I would for sure. But that's one of those where it's would you rather Herbert in the top fifteen or Hertz early round three, right? Where yeah, I mean, I it's, even it's just like, I, for me, it's the off-field qualities. Jalen Hurts is a ridiculously hard worker and a phenomenal yeah. leader who guys yeah. want to play for, and I've never once seen that out of Justin Herbert. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, all this him like getting emotional before and after the game that seems so scripted. Those are fake tears to me. This he this, does have, I have that no reputation. business talking about this, but he seems so insincere to me. That really turned me off. He does. Did you see the Joey Harrington thing? Uh, first, okay, the Joey Harrington thing that bothered me because I just want to see what's going on on the field. Why are we when everybody's celebrating just winning a Rose Bowl? Why are we popping those pictures up on the broadcast right then? That's my biggest take on that. Oh, my second okay. biggest take. Okay, actually, no. Number two is why are Joey Harrington's kids wearing the jerseys that are like? the pro version that are meant to be worn on the field and they're wearing them like dresses. Like, are th- is there no way to get like a, a casual Oregon Jersey on those children? Do we have to make it go down to their knees and be like baggy in the shoulders for shoulder pads? Yeah, maybe. Oh, those poor kids. They, I don't know. <laughs> they must be signed game used. I don't know. They were matching. They can't be game used. Oregon doesn't reuse stuff. <sighs> they're not. They don't believe in that. It's frustrating. But yes, also again, forced emotion as well. Number three take there. Um, yeah, it's just like, bro, like, He's if you're not getting teared up, don't pretend you're getting teared up. It's fine. It's, it's, I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't make sense. Yeah, he isn't like a Mark Zuckerberg, where are your emotions type. But there is, and, and that's been the book on him. Like, I have friends who went to Oregon. I have friends who know him. I have friends who knew him in high school. And that's kind of been the, it's just kind of a weird dude. Yeah. He's in the fishing club. Yeah, he's in like the. I think it's a no. Fly it does seem like he's Oregon, a unique like dude, which I don't mind. No, I. That sounds like I'm anti no, fishing, no, fly yeah, fishing. Yeah. Just want to clarify that. But again, what? Not what like, you expect out of a star quarterback. Great is the to point have there. other interests and be kind of a renaissance man. I think that can pay off. But I, yeah, this. I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't know. Something but doesn't smell right with that. Back guy. to that last conversation. Mm-hmm. This quarterback class after. Joe Burrow and Tua. I mean, I there there isn't a guy in there who I like. <laughs> it's it's weird because you go through like Jacob Eason, meh. Jake Fromm, meh. It seems like a lot of these guys. It's almost like they're going to be drafted off of high school hype. Yes, because they haven't done anything since they've gotten there. But guess Jake what? Fromm's <laughs> gonna get drafted from his one bowl game his freshman year. 
Pretty yeah. much. In, one in, half. He was on QB1. Like, one, one half, half. Yeah. yeah. And he was on QB1. Like, I love him in QB1. I love him. His stock was here after QB1, and it's just been a slow. <laughs> I know. I mean, um, th- these quarterbacks, I mean, why isn't Steven Montez right there with him? You know? I mean, and Steven's been maddeningly inconsistent as well, but yeah. Apparently, that's like a plus trait at this <laughs> point. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's. I don't know. I mean, that's that's why. Yeah, no, you're right. I think that I think that yeah. there are tiers there, and it's kind of the Joe Burrow to a tier, and honestly, maybe even some separation. I, I wouldn't put separation there because I think most of the separation there is just due to two his injuries, and I don't want to like bump 100%. him down. So, so there you go. That's tier one. Tier two is Justin Herbert. Tier three is, but like this Herbert Jake deserve Rom to be in that Montez? tier in his own without Jordan Love. Like if Jordan Love was <sighs> on Oregon, I know he like Jordan Love was so disappointing this he year. He was so disappointing. I was extremely critical of him multiple times, but even then, like, can you straight face tell me you think Jordan Love would have been noticeably or like any worse? Than Herbert had he been at Oregon this year? Uh, there, there are parts of me that think he may have even fit in better. Agreed. With what that team is trying to do. Agreed. In terms of like an NFL prospect, though, you know, I, I don't, you know what, yeah. Justin Herbert looks like a very classic NFL quarterback to me. Like, sure, he's more athletic sure, sure. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there is a very real part of me but that like thinks the classic you know 2019 type prospect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, wouldn't you? consider going after a guy who's more of like the classic 2021 type of prospect where it's like hey look at this athlete look at jalen hurts you know why not say maybe he figures out how to put some touch on the ball how to hit tight windows and then all of a sudden he's breaking the nfl things his feet under him like you work on him with some footwork i think he could be dak like hurts okay yeah But, but i don't know he needs to improve his touch. His ceiling I mean, is just so much more exciting in terms of like where the NFL is going. All these fun, creative, like Ravens style offenses that we're seeing gain some popularity. You know, the Chiefs do similar things. There are a lot of teams that are trying to yeah, replicate right. that, and you just can't do that with Justin Herbert. Like Justin Herbert, you're they'll a try. More That's the bold people will try to fit him into. Hmm. Uh, three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I don't know. 20, I don't know. Even twenty nine rushing yards, like yuck. <laughs> on uh, carries. Uh, <laughs> uh, college stats they do factor in the stat or, or in, in the sacks oh that's which true. is garbage that's true. but I forget that. you know maybe he i forgot he took that. a couple big sacks yeah, there was a late his sack longest sure. run was a 30 yard run oh yeah that's that's right and it was well and the sacks part of that is guys like throckmorton disappointing the hell out of me <laughs> come on throck where <laughs> are you but this has kind of <laughs> turned into a very negative very podcast. Negative, yeah. very but I don't negative. think we're off in any of it. You know who impressed me is Jonathan Taylor. Yes. Like, yes. Dude. He never really – did Did he ever get loose on a run, Not though? Not really. The longest was 18, but there were so was many it? runs yeah. where it was like, oh, that should have gone for three. Instead, it went for 10. That's what he is. Oh, we have a comment real quick. Tua is coming back, though. Herbert is Drew Locke with no leadership and Flacco's personality. Okay, there I like I like the Drew Locke thing because uh, Justin Herbert cannot rap. I think that that kind of sums up everything we're talking about personality-wise. There is no no chance that you're going to see Justin Herbert on the bench. Was that it? Wasn't Young Thug? It was Gunna. But they said Herbert is Drew Locke with no personality. Uh, yeah, Herbert is Drew Locke with no personality, and Joe. Well, it was like 
I don't know, something about Joe Flacco's personality. The comments. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, he's not going to rap. He's not going to do that. That's not him. Even on the field, he's not Drew Locke, though. He's like a downgraded version. He 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 hasn't adjusted yes, and yes. become more cerebral. But like, he he's really hasn't. tall. He's tall, yeah. I mean, good for uh, him. Yeah. And he played at Oregon, so everyone <laughs> thinks he's um, lit. And um, <laughs> there's a thing. <laughs> um, so, anyways, those guys. Running backs? Want to get into running backs? You, you well, know I mean, Dobbins and Taylor were really impressive. All, there are so many guys who I like. Yeah, and the so was great. Like. Swift, it's a shame he was injured, but Najee Harris, I don't know. Every oh. mock draft we have <laughs> sent has Najee Harris in the fourth. Like he's not gonna be around then. He's not he gonna be, be around in the third. He's too talented. He's he's what two hundred and twenty something pounds, and he's hurtling guys. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable athlete. Like like the knock on him, I I don't. Like it's amazing how the high school hype chases like follows some of these guys, and then guys like that, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Because he exactly because he was he was a five star. Yeah. He was like one of, the, um, I don't know. I I really like his game. I do wish that he had just a tiny bit more top end speed. That's what would yeah. put him in that like oh yeah. Saquon Barkley. Look at him. He's just a freak. He can do everything, but he doesn't quite. But you know, like uh, who Josh Jones, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he ran a. Low four six. Who cares? I, c- I know. I c- I could see Najee Harris being better than Josh Jacobs. I think he is. I, again, I, I I mean I'm not going to be the one to argue with you. Yeah. I, um. I don't get that. I don't know. I mean, you look through, ETN. Wh- wh- where do you think the Broncos should be looking at getting a running back? You know, is it that third round value still where they have like the four picks in <laughs> like those the last spots? third round pick? Just like your you favorite don't of whoever's draft left. running backs with top hundred picks, and and I've said this I'm before, but over again, it, I say take a third round running back every other year, and you're gonna be just fine. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, even that might be a little too rare. Like, I feel like let's wait till the four, see who drops, and we're huh. happy. Okay, I like it, but but those guys like there, Eno like, might be around. He, he totally. Yeah, I think there's a good chance him, Zach Moss. Yeah, you know all all these guys are supposed yeah, to go right there. Anthony Anthony McFarland, the I would love LSU guy with two names, all in. He's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, okay. Broncos need to take a running back though. Like, 100%. sure, you have Phil. Phil's very good. Cheering for Phil 100. percent I think that he could be a Pro Bowler. Oh, of course. Every year for the next five, seven yeah. years, whatever. But also, you never know when a running back just right. might lose it. And he you should need be a number the Broncos' two, no Matt Breda. Where's the Tevin Coleman? Where's yep. the Raheem Morissette? That's who we're looking for. You know, for next yeah. year, what I'd love to see is having Phil be like Phil as he has been, have Royce Freeman put on just a couple more pounds, be a true power back, yeah. and then get – I don't even know that you need somebody who's too – I want a pass catching back. You know, it's it's great. Who's Phil working with? Isn't Phil working Anthony with somebody? Anthony McFarland. And I, I know, I know, so badly. I almost cussed on the periscope. I know. <laughs> I, yep, I like Anthony McFarland's game so much. He's so fast. Yeah. He's just a game breaker. No, that's what you want. I know. Get a big, strong offensive line. Open some running lanes. Yeah. Then have Let's guys who can hit those hard and flash through there. Quick question for you guys. Who do you guys have as the best corner and the best guard entering this year's draft? Okuda's got to be the best corner, right? By a mile. Yeah. Um, I think maybe so slightly unpopular take, Trayvon Diggs is also You've my been very second, high on him. second highest cornerback. I really like him. As far as highest guards go... Yeah, you need to skim down, skim down the rankings a little bit because the top guys are... Um, 
are centers for me and not guards. You have my rankings over there on that computer, Kale. Mm. And off the top of my head, I need to find who my top guard is. In terms of cornerbacks, though, you know, Bryce Hall's a guy who we've said would fit the scheme very well, whereas a guy like uh, Okuda doesn't really fit the scheme. He's more of like the press man corner, very long, very fast. Right. You want him to lock down the other team's number one in terms of pl- instead of playing like a zone, pick the ball off when you can, you know, that 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 type yeah. of guy. So when we say that Bryce Hall is a better fit and Okuda is a better cornerback, if you're the Broncos, knowing that Okuda is so much more talented, yeah. I mean, that's just the truth. I'm Not that Bryce Hall isn't talented, but he might not fit the scheme as well. Sure. If if you have your pick just straight up between those two, you take Okuda still, right? And hope that you can turn him into more of a zone corner? I mean, it becomes a bit of the Herbert Hurts deal, right? Where it's take like him in the top 15. Yeah. yeah, I'd much rather Okuda. But if I'm given the choice of Okuda 15th or uh, Hall, Bryce Hall, like... End of the first round, beginning of the second. Right, 38th, yeah, then it starts to become more of a conversation. Now, Okuda at 15 would be such a steal that it's not I would going still to take He's Okuda. He's not going to fall right. out of the top five, though. Right, so. but the, so the reasoning should be like trade up for Okuda at like seven or take Bryce Hall at 38. And yeah, there's maybe it's Bryce Hall. And we've talked a lot about why there's no reason to be trading up to get a cornerback. Agreed. Like you need, you need cornerbacks. Every team needs cornerbacks. But Broncos, compared to every other team in the league, really don't need cornerbacks that badly. It's more about fit than it is about skill set being right. like extremely talented, being long, well, being it, lanky. It comes down to Chris Harris Jr. Because right, if Chris Harris Jr. is re-signed or someone of comparable level is signed at a comparable contract, you're fine. You're set. You actually really like your cornerback group with a healthy, <sighs> healthy Chris or free agent replacement, Callahan, Bosby, Yadam, Devontae Harris, and maybe Will Park still as an option in the nickel. And again, uh, and Kareem Jackson, who can come down and play there too, if you like what you're seeing from yeah. the other safeties. Right. So many options, and they'll all have another year in the system. Yeah. And, I, and I think that yeah. that part gets downplayed uh, in these zone schemes, how much you can grow from yeah, year absolutely. one to year two. IQ I think and understanding the scheme is huge. I mean, That's you're also getting a healthy Bryce Callahan back, hopefully, and he's never played anywhere but in Fangio's system. Right, yep. so having him on board. Um, top guard for me, it's Throckmorton, actually. Because I rank him as a guard, and I have him in my top 50. (sighs) The top guys on the interior are all centers. Um, And then you get into guys like Trey Smith or Daryl Williams. Trey Smith at Tennessee, Daryl Williams at Mississippi State. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just so tough to draft a guard. You know, like, like the top guard in the draft, like, sure, you need it. Sure, like, it's important. But at the same time, Maybe you mean just like get a pure one guard? fourth, fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I'd much rather or see them. Or you're saying like draft a Dalton Reisner who's a tackle, move him to guard, and you or, might be happier. Or draft a Lloyd Cushenberry and then move uh, Connor McGovern to guard. You know, yeah. I, that's that's I, the plan. I, th- I, I truly that's endorse the value. Take take, take the value advantage of the center, center class, yeah. and then move somebody outside. Um, not outside, but into the middle. Let's do an ad read. Uh, because we should have done that a while ago. Um, Let's talk about Breckenridge Brewery, Dre. Um, What's your favorite Breckenridge brew at the moment? 
Boy, they're kind of like ranking our T-shirts. I I change. Uh, uh, yeah. I fluctuate from time yeah. to time. I think right now, though, honestly, as as we've had some snow and stuff, and the the holidays come by, I find myself longing for some strawberry sky. Mm, I know it. That's still kind of tough to find too. Like you can obviously use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website, and it'll tell you exactly where to find it. But that's one where you know I've I've heard a lot of our out of state listeners want to yeah, try it. Yeah. But but it's tough to find, and I think that that's probably my go to as well. Um, can you think of a place where you can get a free Avalanche Amber Ale, Andre? Oh, is this right? Yes. Okay. The the Nuggets Watch Party. Oh on wow. Janu- January eighth. I should have looked that up. Uh, January eighth. So come watch them. Out- outstanding. At Sportscom, you guys can get your first avalanche amber ale for free if you guys come watch the nuggets with us um i'll be there of course uh i'm not sure who else will be there but i'm sure a lot of the crew will be i'll be there free beer if you rsvp cannot beat that deal um i'd also like to tell you guys about total beverage another great place to buy some breckenridge beers uh if you use the code dnvr 2019 you can get 30 percent off your order if you use their app Uh, they'll deliver it to you you can pick it up um, they already have incredible prices, so there's really no reason not to be going there anyway. And then when you throw in that there's 30% off on top of that, it's just the best deal in town. If if you're going through Westminster, you're going through uh, Thornton, then definitely check them out. And if you aren't, then you should just get them to deliver it to you because they'll do that for free, and they deliver anywhere in the Denver metro area. Um, Thornton made me think of Throckmorton. Ah. <sighs> I've been thinking about him a lot lately. That whole you what know, a name! Was, what was a name! Oregon, Wisconsin. Born to play online. Was Oregon, Wisconsin the the matchup of the two best offensive lines in the country? It's close. It's right up there. That's close. It's definitely up there. Ah, hmm. it's definitely up there. Something to think about. Um, before we get into some more Broncos talk. I think uh, when Georgia played Alabama, that was probably the matchup of the best overall. Really? In the mm-hmm. Okay. Oregon probably was the better pure O line, but those two against Together. each other. Wisconsin drags it down too far. Right, right. Yeah. Huh. Which is saying something when Wisconsin's dragging it <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I think, do we have one more bowl game to get to? Um, yeah, I want to talk O line play in Michigan, Alabama. We, we have go. some Tua takes. Oh, um, yeah, we got to go through two still. Jerry Judy Oof. was unbelievable in that game. We talked about Najee Harris and how great he is. Uh, Henry Ruggs got hurt. Don't like to see that. That was I concerning. That's, uh, um, though, hey, and then he, the commentators he immediately drops the after, 15, and it's a light thing. Like, the commentators immediately after saying, well, you like to see him play in the game when they have the chance. Like, they... The, the yeah, coaches like want you don't get it. NFL also, coaches want to see the like no, no, they don't. They want to see you healthy and available. I will not go on a massive tangent, but I think Greg McElroy is terrible at his job with the SP. Okay, well maybe after the draft when we're I think for content, anyone who was involved in the SEC, we'll do it now. Who's working on college football is terrible. Um, oh Bo- boy. yeah, Booger McFarland, I'm looking at you. Oh, anyway, he fits a role. What do you think? What do you think of Bill Walton? He was fine. Okay, I love him. Um, He's fine. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I mean, he works as well as like taking people from 
you know, Bill we don't have these anymore, but like an insane asylum and putting them on a basketball broadcast. That's it's the same entertainment. That's why I'm here. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's exactly. I just right. realized. So after this, I'm headed up to Boulder for the Colorado Oregon basketball game. Oregon number four in the country. Colorado favored. Bill Walton might be calling that game. How exciting! I haven't looked. How I know. Exciting. I would love to just look at him in person. Okay. Um. Good man. Good guy. Good for the sport. Tall. Jedrick Willis. Oh, Will, Wills yeah. did not play well. The right tackle for Alabama, who people keep ranking ahead of Tristan Wirfs. Get out of here with that. Terrible game. Terrible game against Michigan. Very disappointed. This has been you, a J-Dub. very negative draft podcast. That's fine. But because you know who did impress me? Who is left tackle John Runyon? For the Michigan State oh. Wolver- uh, Michigan Wolverines, he was outstanding. No one's talking about him. Give him to Munchak. Let him develop. He'll be great. He was really nice. Uh, Xavier McKinney, the safety for Bama, impressed me as well. Mm. Nice game we, for We him. talked about him a little bit uh, last week. Mm-hmm. As a guy who I was higher on than you were. Yep. He's another chess piece. Reevaluating guy. I like him more I, and more. I, for I, a smaller guy who's got some range, he hits as well. So I like that. Um not in that game, but Tyler Johnson was unbelievable against Auburn. Unbelievable. What do we think of so? So the, again, Tyler we're knocking Johnson. him too much. He's too good to be at the Shrine game. He's getting underrated. I get it. Maybe no elite skill, yep. but it's not too far off the Justin Jefferson discussion. Exactly we were having. Like, what I wanted to say. He's six foot six, and he the can dude play. Can play. Like there you go. Well, he's not six six, isn't he? He's not that. Six big. four. He's like six two. I think. Oh really? I Jefferson's like six three. He he is very big. Um, but you know Johnson's making one-handed catches. He's breaking big runs. He's six two two oh five. Oh but really? He's, he's hard I to bring down in the Colin in Johnson. the open field. Oh, Colin yeah. Johnson, Texas. Yeah, the Johnsons get the um, heights. So anyways, Johnson Bama though. Alex Leatherwood, yes. left tackle, who's kind of dropped a bit, but still in that first-round mix. Well, not anymore. He's staying at Alabama. They're bringing back a lot of guys. Star linebacker Dylan Moses, who was out all season, also said he was coming back. Now it's seeming like that might be more up in the air. Where would he go in the draft? Stuff with he the missed insurance. all season, but before the season, was he the number one ahead of Simmons in terms of linebackers? No, he was second, but okay. he was right there breathing down his neck. Okay. Yeah. Um, Do you th- he's still a first-round pick if he declares, though. To me, yes. Okay. To me, yes. Um, and it's interesting him coming back. Him coming back really kind of raises the level of the linebacker play in this class. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Henry Ruggs, another guy who could potentially not be going to the draft. Which would be crazy. It would be crazy, but again... like That one would hurt. That one would hurt Broncos fans. I, I think mean, so. We're dialed I th- in. I think that's... The we're going to get into that discussion in a second. Oh, uh, we will. Um, uh, let's talk a little more about Tua. Yeah, um, on December sixth, he'll be telling people. Yeah, uh, do you, you know? And he said he's going to like make his decision. I thought a lot of people would be more upset, being like, because w- it sounds like his teammates don't even really know what's going on. Yeah, but I legitimately think that he doesn't know what he's doing, which seems crazy to me. I know, but again, hmm. like, how old is he? Twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. It's it's that's a big decision to make. Uh, looking at it, what uh, uh, the fifth overall pick makes something like nineteen million dollars uh-huh. uh, in his first or on his first contract. The number one pick makes like thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Right now, where do you think two is going? Like, is he he's probably in that five to ten range, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it'd be very hard for Miami at five to pass on him and pull like another Drew Brees, frankly. And so they Tua, Tua came out and said like. I don't know if I'd be a first or a second round pick, and I just, why did he say that? Well, 
that's something they were talking about on the broadcast was that Saban had s- going in was saying like unless you're a top 20 pick you should be playing in your bowl game to raise your stock and that from what he'd heard from NFL evaluators no one outside of Tua was a top 20 pick which is like do you know Jerry Judy's on yeah. your team I don't yeah are you f- <laughs> like I would walk him to Jerry <laughs> Judy and be like here Nick meet Jerry <laughs> Huh? Like, hello? What? That's just what absurd. Scouts, are you talking to? Yeah, ha- I mean Henry Ruggs. I mean Devonta Smith. Even maybe both their tackles are projected to go top twenty by most. So that's, yeah, that's. A, I mean, it's a. It's just a bad take. Everybody has bad days. That that was so one of them. But the big him. thing about the the entire thing about Tua though is when's he coming back from this injury? Because there's no point in coming back if you can't even play next year. I mean, the yeah. other thing that yeah. I, I mean, my biggest point next year is he's consensus the number two quarterback prospect in this draft. Yeah. He could be with an injury history if he gets hurt again next year, or even if he plays completely healthy next year with all the injuries he's had, he could fall to the third prospect in next year's draft because Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are in that class. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean even then, I mean, he's probably going to be taken between five and ten this year. Next year, if he comes out, if he's the third prospect, he's ta- being taken between five and ten. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you have to remember how we saw Tua before this season, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, how Tua much was can a lock he improve his for stock, Heisman, though, is the problem. By, but just by being healthy. I mean, if he yeah, comes I back suppose. healthy, I, d- I honestly think that he could give Trevor Lawrence a run for his money. I, I don't see why not. Like I, I think he's got to be the better prospect than Justin Fields, assuming he's healthy. But I think next year your ceiling's like what two versus five this year? Like what are you doing? It's too mm-hmm. much risk to take on. There's I don't know. there's a lot of money between there. I agree. He probably should go to the draft, but I think that he is in such a unique position that we've never really had to have a conversation like this before. You know, a a, a guy with it's been it's rare in his spot it's been rare. like. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, it's such a high-profile spot. I really do think there's a chance that he goes back, and I think that there's a chance that that pays off for him too. Um, well, I can tell you, Saban's recruiting hard to try and bring everyone back. Wouldn't that be s- such a bam move? Like you lose, you're just like, guess what? We're actually not losing half our team this year. Let's just run it back, and we'll win this time. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, they'd really give Clemson a run for their money then. They would. Which would be interesting. Um, I think that does it for the bowl games we want to talk about. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, the the guys who were really keyed in on for the Broncos at 15th overall, which is where the Broncos are locked in now. That's official, 15th. We were messing around. Remember when we were saying, what do you do at number seven? I know. Number six? I know. This is a different conversation. Yeah, thanks a lot, Drew Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke. Why do you have to be good? Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's just start. Uh, position positionally, where do you think the value at fifteen is? Abandon all hope on Chase Young. Abandon all hope on C.D. Lamb. Abandon all hope on Derek Brown. Same with Okuda. Same with Andrew Thomas. Eliminate those off the bat. Okay. Isaiah Simmons for the reasons we just talked about. Jerry Judy for reasons I've talked about for a while. Tristan Wirfs for reasons we talked about on the last show. Yep. I think those are the three dream scenarios. 
make one of those guys drop, uh, let the NFL talk themselves out of one of those guys, and that's that's the dream. Which, again, with pesky teams like Oakland in front of you, makes this harder. Yeah. So that's kind of the top tier of guys you start to consider. Yep. Then Ruggs, who was very much a consideration before. Would you rather have Ruggs or Visca? Because it's uh, I mean, looking th- looking through all the mock drafts so far, it's about a 50-50 split. I go back and forth so much. They are ranked neck and neck. Ruggs as my 11th prospect. Visca is my 12th prospect. Um, I think just barely Ruggs um, to add that speed. Just that because he's, threat, he's Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, faster. Not, I mean, he's he's not the route runner by any means. No. Like, that's that's the scary part for Henry Ruggs. I, I I think that Visca gets knocked for his route running, rightfully. Like he is not a sure a he's great still raw in that running. aspect. Yeah, um, Henry Ruggs. Ruggs is raw as well, but I mean, when a guy is both that fast and that quick, forget. I'm, I I yep. can teach him how to run routes. He'll be fine. Yep, I think so. And I kind of feel the same way about Visca, though. Like, the way you see him, like, he's breaking guys' ankles. Agreed. He's juking guys and having him, like, fly one way. And also, he's 220 pounds. Were you watching that Sunday night, um, San Francisco against Seattle? I didn't. Massive game. I was no all worries. footballed out. On the broadcast, they're talking about George Kittle, Debo Samuels, and Kyle Juszczyk. And how those three guys are really the key for that Niners offense. And it's all because they're so hard to bring down in the open field. Yep. Lights are just going off in my head. Visca, 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 Visca. And and I have made the comparison that Visca is basically just a blend of like a Julio Jones type with a Kyle Juszczyk. Like like that's kind of what I see him as. Yes, and not uh, a terrible comp. I know, and, and obviously, like you're not just saying taking all the best from both those players, right? But again, if you just slap them together and see what comes out, I think that that would be kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I I've said before that I really like uh, Visca's fit in the Broncos' offense because of the heavy looks that they've given. Yeah. You know, I I don't really want to see the Broncos go super spread. You know, I, I want to see them go two fullbacks in that well, pistol. we've seen that's what's it, working right yes yeah. it's, it's like a lot of 22 and 13 personnel is how it's the incredible. ravens and niners are killing the league right now yeah and and i think that the broncos have an opportunity to do mm-hmm. exactly that mm-hmm. with with beck with janovich and two fullbacks they have fant. two fullbacks fant is a fant. key now everything is explained of why fant was a priority yep. and kind of a key to. i want to see the broncos take uh an, another tight end at some point in this draft uh, i think yeah. that that's probably a fifth sixth round spot but i want to see him try get another weapon double down there get more strength i still because have an they ounce use so of many. hope that jake butt might be back healthy I yeah I he mean, belongs as a receiving tight end he belongs but uh, you're right everyone should be skeptical because hey yeah I want to see Alberto I think that's my guy dude like, Alberto mm-hmm. bring him back have him He's work with Drew again is like I I see these mocks and I wonder like tight end from Missouri how's Alberto dropping like this yeah yeah I think I think that he would fit well but Locke's again, favorite target I mean you should prioritize him if if Alberto's value from a league wide standpoint is like sixth round you draft him in the fifth yep like you bump him up because he's drew Locke's guy yep and And he's versatile enough i think he's an h-back and i love that about him yeah i think so but but the point is to get back to visca you put visca at receiver 
and then all of a sudden they have whatever cornerback lined up on yeah. him. You you motion him in, put him at fullback, put him at H back, have him lead block, which he is a monster doing. Sure. And then all of a sudden you're running against guys who aren't nearly as big as you are. You have the size advantage. They want to match him up with a linebacker and we put him in the slot. Guess what? That's not going to work. He just fits what they're trying to do so well, and that's why I'm starting to Agreed. think I might be banging the table to get him here. But again, I Henry quickly, you know, and so much these hair splitting decisions they're they're fits i mean that's will be made a lot easier oh. with the combine and everything oh yeah play, that's true know? that's true um, and here's the other thing we it's not talked about enough how at his size lavisca chenault's quickness off the snap is unbelievable it doesn't make sense like his, it no you're exactly right that's it does what it comes not. down it to is inexplicable how a guy that size just shakes press press coverage like it was nothing. And that's how that's the kind of weapon you want in this offense is when they try to take out take away all your space, you have this guy that's just gonna punish you. Yeah, and, and that's the craziest part is that he's so fast. You know, he's there there are a lot he's of quick there are a lot quick. of people who think that he is going to run a sub four four forty. You know, and that'd be ridiculous. I know, and and so I I go back and look, and what I've been using as a comp for that is going back to look at what did DK Metcalf look like when yeah, he was in yeah, college, yeah, and he was a four three three guy, so that's really fast. Right. Watching him on tape, like Visca is slower than him in college. Like you can see the difference. Is the difference, you know, bumping him down to four three nine or four four three? I'm not sure, but he's so fast. If and he runs in the four 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 fours. He might be hard to even get at fifty. Yeah, I, I, and that's kind of what I've been saying. If he's there at 15, yeah. but uh, Henry Ruggs, on the other hand, could be breaking the the combine record for the 40 time, and that's that's the other option is take Visca, take a couple pounds, take the strength, take some versatility off him. You know, Henry Ruggs has the problems with the drops too, but also blazing fast. Yeah, and you know maybe that's what the Broncos need is a guy who could take the top off, who mm -hmm. could get the ball in his hands, let him go. You know, it's not like the 49ers in that he's going to be breaking tackles. And, you know, that's kind of what it comes down to is you, no. do you want this more versatile offense with these different options or do you want a bunch of powerful guys and just kind of buy into that identity? And that's kind of where I'm leaning at the moment. At the same time, you Someone know, like Ruggs, <sighs> though, that opens up so, so much fast. space. It's like three-point shooting in basketball, you know? True. Gives you space, and then all of a sudden, Fant and Sutton become so much harder to guard because you're worried about the big play that's coming from Ruggs. So there's no wrong answer. It's just two different ways of kind of tackling this. Is Justin Jefferson factoring into this conversation with Ruggs and Visca? A little too soon, but that's because I'm holding out hope that someone out of Ruggs, Judy, or Visca is still around. Yep. I agree. And to me, those have to be the picks, aside from the dream C. scenarios of Isaiah Simmons or Tristan Wirfs. CD, I just don't see it happening. Okay. Maybe so so that's why you don't name him, is because you don't think yeah, he's dropping. I yep. Just don't there you go. Happening. I think that's fair. I think that's. And then after right. that, I think you're looking at interior defensive line. Epinesa or Kinlaw are not bad consolation prizes. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, that that goes back to do, do you want to try to make this offense into what we've been hoping it'd be for a few years, or do you just double down on the defense the way that you have over and over again to right. make sure that this defense is a strength going forward? Right. And imagine that pass rush. Draymond Jones, how many sacks? Do you have two and a half sacks? 
He had two and a half in that one game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the second to last game. So you game. pair him, you probably bring back either Shelby Harris or Derek Wolf. You get Bradley Chubb back. You have Von Miller. All of a sudden, you throw another pass rusher on that defensive line yeah. in there. Yeah, Holland's improved as your depth guy. And yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So there's three in the dream scenario, Simmons, Wirfs, Judy. You're happy with anyone out of rug, Chanel, Epinesa, Kinlaw. After that, I think anyone would be a bit of a disappointment, whether it's Justin Jefferson, whether it's one of the corners and Trevon Diggs or Christian Fulton, or whether it's one of the second-tier offensive tackles like Austin Jackson or Jedrick Wills or anyone else in that category. Yep. After that, we're kind of bummed, and that's just the deal. So those are our options. We'll, of course, be talking way more about that further as we go along. I mean, that's going to be our focus for the next several months is what do you do at 15? How are guys' stocks fluctuating at that position? Yeah, and I, I personally really like the value at receiver there. Yeah. I think that you just do it and you move on yeah. and grab a guy in the fifth or sixth, but there there are some conversations to be had. Yeah. Um, um, let's uh, take a second to talk about Mile High Green Cross, um, which is actually only two blocks away. Actually, no, I think it's one block away from where I live. So That's amazing. So convenient. Yep. What a blessed life you live. I know. So blessed. Uh, hashtag blessed? Mm. Is that a thing? Big time. I think it used to be blessed. a thing. Probably isn't anymore. Um, oh, it's a thing for me. So, yeah, you're probably right. Exactly. It's like not a thing exactly. anymore. Exactly. Right, 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 right. Um, We've got to tell you about our friends over at Mile High Green Cross. These guys offer an experience that you will not forget. Mile High Green Cross has award-winning products. Check out this year's Cannabis Cup winning products when you head to their website. They are giving the DNVR family $5 off your purchase of $25 or more. Just mention this ad. Mile High Green Cross offers a variety of CBD products from edibles to concentrates to cartridges. They pride themselves on their customer service and it shows. Every single time you pop in, you'll receive one-on-one -on -one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. Not to mention, they have everyday low prices on in-house products such as $99 pre-packed ounces and B3 hash oil bulk deals. Five cartridges, $100. Mile High Green Cross offers out-the-door pricing. What they advertise is what you pay. No cash, no problem. Mile High Green Cross now accepts Hyper, H-Y-P-U-R, What's even better is the amount of time you spend in the dispensary. On average, from the time you walk in to the time you walk out is only nine minutes. I know that's super important for me in my hectic and crazy life. They're informative, they're speedy. Head downtown today and check out Mile High Green Cross. They're conveniently located on 9th and Broadway. It's a block away from me. And they also offer parking in the back. Remember, mention this ad and receive $5 off your purchase of $25 or more beautiful there we go uh do we have some questions dre we have a lot we'll <laughs> be proving <laughs> we'll be previewing the natty next week because that comes up on, on the 13th yes so we've still got a week of prep to do that'll be and fun there's gonna be a lot to talk about yeah so much to talk about yeah. tons so we're gonna bang these questions out because you've got a big uh potential cu recruit announcing here soon yep um and yeah we've all got work to get back to so as we work. finish this work so great stuff thank you guys for interacting thank you for all the mock drafts you've sent out it's just been unbelievable the kind of um participation you guys have had and basically the broncos have been in season up till now 
So it hasn't yeah. even been draft season yet. I know. So. It's our time to shine now. I'm I'm slightly concerned that we've already got this much momentum going, and then it'll be draft season, and it's like, it's over. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Dan Burke asks, hey, guys, just started listening to the draft pod a few weeks ago and really getting into it. Love it, Dan. Just a quick question. We know the Broncos are dying for a speed receiver, and I'm 100% on board with taking rugs with the first pick. My question is, how much of a better prospect is he compared to Jalen Regar in the second or Devin DuVernay in the third? Two guys we like a lot. We do. Is he is the drop-off between Ruggs and the second-slash-third tier guys that big? Or would the Broncos be better off taking, say, a corner in the first and then taking a speed receiver later? Thanks. Rieger Ruggs, neck and neck coming into the season for me. Yeah. Rieger at TCU yep. struggles a bit. Even some injuries in play, if I'm not misremembering. Very fast, again. Blazer. He is a speed guy. Like that maybe, is what he is. Maybe a better leaper than Ruggs in going up and adjusting midair and doing that kind of stuff. Duvernay's smaller than all those guys, kind of built like a fire hydrant, which I yep. love. Um, but it definitely like a different tier and slightly different guy, not the pure speed demon. Um, yeah, look, you could easily make the case that instead of going rugs at 15, you can just wait for Eager at 38, and I think that could work just fine. Um, it's similar to some of the other discussions we've had today. Um, We'll get into these guys more. A lot will come down to how they test. I wouldn't be surprised to see Rieger um, sneak into the late first if he has an unbelievable combine. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, early in this pro, not even early, about a month ago, I was still saying I, I wouldn't mind going receiver in the first and second round or first and third round. Get get oh. another get another guy outside. Get a true number three. All of a sudden, you're looking at having a real wide receiving core with Drew yep. Locke all maturing. I mean, that seems like a pretty good formula for success. You know, you trust the defense. I don't think they necessarily need too much help there. People want point yeah. at cornerback. Right. You have guys coming back. You want point at linebacker. That's well, been you've a problem got free for agent dollars. You exactly. Know. Like, that defense is kind of in a different window from the offense. So let's get the defense more guys in that window to be competitive yep. right away. And let's get guys and offensive on linebacker. offense to develop. The mocks I like the best that you guys send me are when you've attacked O-line and wide receiver with two picks for each position. Yeah. I love those mocks. Yep. When it's like, oh, I got a wide receiver in the first, I got a tackle in the second, then in the third, I got a center, and in the fifth, I got another wide receiver. Boom. You're doing it. What's That's what changing for me now, though, is that Deshaun Hamilton looks like he could be an option in the slot. You know, these last couple of weeks, he's looked a lot better, and maybe you Definitely. trust him to be your number three. You yeah, know, I don't yeah, I don't yeah. necessarily like Tim Patrick as a number two. I, I think he's a good player. I think that he's he's the guy you want to have when inevitably one of your receivers is hurt. Sure. He's your number four. Uh, you need a re you need a rotation at receiver anyway. Mm -hmm. It's so nice just to have some sort of depth there and going into next season saying Drew Locke, we want you to be the guy. Also, we have three receivers, we think. And if one of them gets hurt, you're stuck. They're all going to have to rotate out, and right. then you're really stuck. Right. You know, I know I said I want this to be a power offense, but you still just need some options there. Mm -hmm. You need three good receivers, and you need somebody who's coming up Kinda behind them four. who you trust. Yep. I, I think so. And so that's why I say 
maybe you don't need first and second round receivers, but I'd go first and third. And that's why, you know, totally. if, if you go Visca in the first, then I really like trying to get a guy like Duvernay in the third because he is so fast. Yeah. You know, we've talked about KJ Hamler also in the yeah, second. KJ Hamler. Um, Ayuk, love the Ayuk, speed from Ayuk. Love Ayuk. Love Devontae Smith. Maybe exactly. not a pure burner, but that third receiver at Bama, he's got enough speed to fit what you're looking for. And that's why I like trying to find the speed guy in the second or third round mm. because, I you like know, you, you also have uh, – Deshaun Hamilton isn't necessarily, necessarily a speed guy, but no. he is a slot guy, yeah. and he plays kind of that little guy kind of role. And I think that you can have him be that third receiver with Visca and Sutton or with, you know – cd lamb or sutton if he falls whoever the big guy you want to take is and then as this younger receiver develops and becomes ready to take some of that third receiver role then that's when you move him in there yep uh that's kind of how i see it um again Deshaun hamilton looking better than i expected does change things i mean clearly him and Locke have something going with each other and that's nice to see that's big i i would like some more dynamic play from uh from that position is the only thing. You know, it's nice to have them in that rotation, but can can we do better? Take advantage of the depth. And yeah. that doesn't mean you have to wait till the end when there are guys who should be undrafted or who should be going in the fifth round who you can get in the seventh. Get right. guys who should be going in the second round in the third, you know? Yeah. That's 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 how I see it. Agreed. Um what do you gents this is from Count Locula. Love it. Love it. What do you gents think of Prince Tegawanogu? Really Second round. Would he fit in the Broncos system? Love the count. I think. Thank I th you, Count Locula. There are a bunch of those tackles that we like right around there. Firmly in that second tier, right? Yep. Very firmly in it, that second tier. Dare we say third tier? Like, the more Worf's tape I watched, the more I was like, man, the flashes are so enticing. Dude, we just got to give Andrew Thomas some, his own. Right. Andrew Thomas, his own tier. Tristan Worf's his own tier. And then there's a third tier, Jedrick Wills, Austin Jackson. And it feels like it's pretty Wanogu, wide. yeah. It really opens up. Nikai Becton of Louisville. Um, yep. There's a lot of guys. And there's a lot of guys. And I'm all of those guys feel like guys who uh, – Throckmorton, if you want to still call him yeah, a tackle. more of a guard. Yeah, uh, Isaiah Wilson, the other uh, Georgia guys in yep. that tier, where it's like they're raw, but, man, they have the measurables. They have the kick step and mobility and pass pro. Like, we can do this. Yep, and and I think that that's where that value is, and that's where you let that value kind of filter out. You know, if there's six or seven guys we like who we say you're going to have to develop them, um, they're going to be guys you get in yeah. the second or third round, wait till you get those third-round picks and grab one, unless you really fall in love with one. If you fall in love with the tackle, you need a tackle, you need to upgrade there, then do it. And but you could use one of those thirds to move up as the ammo to go get your guy, too. True. Now, uh, system fit, we kind of talked about this last week. You know, a left tackle, you really just want him to be an awesome left tackle. Forget the system for a second. Mm -hmm. uh, he's more than athletic enough, though, to play in a zone blocking yep. system. And, and, again, the system is zone blocking, which means you got to get out and move. you got to run guys right. down. Right. Um, it's not just power. And, yeah. Exactly. And But, again, left tackle, just protect the quarterback. If you can do anything else, that's great. Perfect. Lone Star Bronco asks, I haven't been following the draft process nearly as closely in the past. That being said, how good the Broncos haven't been this bad in the past? Is this class as far as top wide receivers go? You are in luck, Lone Star Bronco. Where would Sutton be in this class? Mm. Purely as a prospect, not counting what we know now. 
who would he be above or behind? It's weird going all the way back and like thinking of what we have to take away. Like we didn't know that he was going to tear up his rookie training camp. Sure. Like he was going to be getting those jump balls. Going back before that, in this class, he's clearly he out of the top to the four. third round. Um, no, no, no. I think he would have been in that second. How does he compare to Justin Jefferson? The second tier. Um, not nearly as good a season, much better measurables. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, but he'd be, I think you'd have Jefferson T. Higgins ahead of him. And he'd be competing with guys like Ayuk, Devontae Smith, KJ Hamler. Rieger. Um, Rieger, sure. So he'd be like outside of the top six wide receivers in this class but he'd still be in that group and he'd still be competing to go in the top 50 because, you know, yeah. we kind of project those top six guys to go in the first anyways. I think it's important just to say like, as much as this is a generational wide receiver group, as we're saying, uh, some of this drafting can be guessing that was considered a weak wide receiver class and three true number one wide receivers have come out of it. Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark and Calvin Ridley, who isn't a number one, but that's because he plays opposite of Julio Jones. And that was considered yeah. a weak class. Yeah, How many so number ones class. are coming out of this one? But, you, you know, Sutton, at this point in the year, I wouldn't have been as high on Sutton. What really had me, what really forced me to go back and watch the tape was his combine, where it was like, yep. oh, wow, this guy's more athletic than I gave him credit for. Yep, and, and he's definitely outperformed what we expected, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, we knew the upside was fairly high, and he went in the high second, and he's lived up, you know, it took him a little bit, but he quickly lived up to it. And you still see the he's the raw tools are still there to improve significantly yep. and rise up. So um, then a final question is, if Costanzo hits the market, Anthony Costanzo, the left tackle for the um, Indianapolis Colts, seen by most as the top uh, left tackle or offensive tackle in this upcoming free agency, you throw the bag at him, then go wide receiver in round one for sure. Thanks, guys. Um. Uh, spend as much money as you want on the offensive line. Yeah, though Costanzo's not the guy I throw the bag at. Okay. Just just skeptical about him. He was never that great before joining the Colts. And, yeah, I just don't think he's worth being paid as the top offensive tackle, which is probably what you got to do because every the year works. the market resets, right? Yep. Bronco, yeah. but I I still might consider going round one wide receiver regardless. And I oh, think there sure. can yeah. be other offensive tackles you'll find, and we'll get into that a little more. Yeah, if you say they do nothing with this offense, I still take a receiver round one, ideally. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah, sure. It depends on where the value sits. I mean, it's all about the players. You know, There's no like, oh, no, we need an offensive tackle, so we'll take an offensive tackle. No, because that's then a what dumb happens? way to go about it. How, who do you wind up with at left tackle? Yeah, Garrett Bowles. Yeah. Or, and, or yeah, and, and yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> Ryan Ramchick was there for the taking too, so mm -hmm. like they kind of blew it. Um, Broncos Nugs asks, "Where do you guys put Drew on this list?" I don't agree with them putting him at twenty nine, but I'm also a Broncos fan. Oh, this must be for the regular podcast. This must be for the regular yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some of these other questions will. Um, sorry, Bronco Nugs. Thanks for participating. We'll we'll get back to you in a sec. Hey, Henry. Oh, JMU. Ho ho ho! Love it. FCS talk. Shaggy McLovin. Oh, Shaggy oh. McLovin the third. 
<laughs> yes, we struggled okay. with that one. Hey, Henry. So JMU punched their ticket to the championship, and so did I. It will be a great game against NDSU. We're talking FCS national championship, by the way. Which you guys know. Everybody knows. Yeah. But I can't wait to storm the field when we win. Also, for anyone who doesn't think this is that big of a game, Carson Wentz went to, hey, hey, we, we, we're not even going to tell people. It, it, it's no doubt a huge game. So we Massive. got you, Shaggy. So there should be some NFL prospects in this game. You bet you're behind. There will be. Who do you see getting drafted or playing in the NFL? Would any fit the Broncos? I know a long reach and better for veteran QB to mentor Locke, but I would love Danucci as our backup QB and wouldn't have to draft him. He's mobile, he's a decent arm, but most importantly is smart and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Eh, you know, careful on the quarterbacks because those can always be a little, you know, people thought Easton yep. Stick was better than Carson Wentz at certain points. Um, we're going to recap that game. I'm making that an assignment for us. Yeah, and for next, sure. Next pod, we're actually adding a whole segment dedicated to underrated. That's right, we are. So we're saving that one for in particular. Them. Bet Shaggy. you guys can't. Yeah. guess yeah, who that yeah. is. Um, he was uh, he was at the Sugar Bowl last night too. Ooh. Yeah, he was down There's there halftime. There's your hint, guys. He was very large. Looked very fast. <laughs> Still iffy on the goatee, but meh. We can oh break boy. that down next week. Um, you know. Uh, all all of the FCS quarterbacks, they it's FCS players in general. It's just hard to gauge. You know, it, they they look fast, Oops. but how fast really are they? You know, they they aren't going up against Bama. They aren't going up against Memphis. They aren't even going up against you know the the Mountain West type schools. No, you and really so got to show up. It's I it's mean, really really hard to evaluate up. just because the playing field is so different. Um, quarterbacks, we've seen them pan out like Carson Wentz. Um, you know, I've said before that I think that quarterbacks are easier to evaluate than other positions uh, in FCS just because so much of that is it's it's kind of like a, a solo show. It's kind of like being a pitcher where it's like, well, look at this. Here's what he can do. Okay. It's very clear. Um, or like a shooter where it's like he knocks down his three pointers. So we know he can shoot, you know, like right, there's some right, of that right. stuff that just translates. Um, that said, it's, it's really, really hard for an FCS quarterback to make it just because there are so many FBS quarterbacks who are, I mean, you know, we, we knock Easton, or, 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 I, let's not, uh, Jacob Eason, uh, we knock Jake Fromm, mm -hmm. but they still are extremely talented and they all fit the mold and they look like quarterbacks. And there's a reason why these FCS guys are playing FCS football. You know, oh, yeah. the, the Grizz quarterback, uh, uh, Dalton Sneed, he was a monster in the big sky conference. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He missed a couple games, so he didn't get the all conference nod, but, but again, he's fast. He, he hits his spots with passes, but he isn't all that big. Um, and you just need to see more. It's 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 really hard to evaluate, and that's what knocks FCS prospects down more than anything is just the uncertainty. Um, they'll get camp looks, and that's where they kind of have to prove themselves. That, and if they can make it into one of these like uh, senior bowl, uh, shrine game, that kind of stuff, that's that's when the recruiting process really starts for them. Right. You just got yeah. you just got earn your way there. Yeah, and most of us haven't dug into the. I mean, either that or you just yet. have to absolutely devour your conference. Like David Johnson at UNI put up alien seeming 
I mean, that was years ago, but I mean, just numbers that made him seem like he was playing in a different conference than everybody else. And yeah. that's why he got drafted where he did and didn't just wasn't a UFA going yep. into camp type of thing. Yeah, and I had, I had him ranked like 50th overall because that tape was that. Oh, Tariq insane. Cohen was the same way. Austin Eckler was the same way. Running back's easier than most, though, mm -hmm. to evaluate. Um, we've got some tight ends, wide receivers from smaller schools that we'll be talking about. Yep. Um, Lone Star Bronco asks, Hey, guys, sorry for the double question, but my draft intrigue keeps growing as the end of the season approaches. Jedrick Wills seems to be flying up boards. What are your thoughts? Oh, Jason Harris making his decision. Is he coming to Colorado? And he is. He there you is. Go. That's, That's the Buffs' amazing. new number one prospect. ESPN's 11th ranked in the country. Unbelievable. Power forward options. He's a four-star. Oh, boy. He is a monster. That's huge. We might be talking about him in three years. Um, or like maybe even two sooner. Years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. We jumped the gun at the draft. Oh, boy, is that exciting. Yeah, that's outstanding. That's massive. That's very big. Very big. Okay, well, I'm going to cool yeah. off this hype for just a second. There you go. <laughs> um, quick question, which we've kind of answered already. Jedrick Wills seems to be flying up boards. He was. Um, what are your thoughts? I've compared him to Cody Ford, who was getting similar to hype this point in the season. The bull kind of cooled off his hype. Right tackle for Oklahoma a year ago. Powers there. I worry about being a great mover and pass pro to really go in that 8-17 to 17 range and be picked as a left tackle and kind of be that franchise blindside protector. Um, so that's my thoughts. And I thought he showed those deficiencies in pass protection in that bowl game against Michigan as we talked about. What's too high or too low for him? 12 likes and 52 seconds on uh Nice. <laughs> too high is top 15, I think. Most disagree, okay. but I think that's too high. Too low is outside of the top 50. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in school, frankly. Huh. Um, do I like him at all? at all? Yeah, I like him. I'm probably lower than most. Is Isaiah Simmons purely a luxury pick at this point? Would you trade back if he's best player available on the board or take him? Um, no, I would take him. He's one of my dream scenarios yeah. we talked about. Yep. I, I don't think he is a luxury. I think that Broncos fans look at inside linebackers, good inside linebackers, as a luxury because of the way that the team has treated them over the last sure. few years. Sure. Um, but no, I mean, I love what Alexander Johnson's doing. But in terms of the best middle linebackers in the NFL, I mean, it's not like he's up there. And like, right. like I, I think he has the potential to get there for sure, but at this point... He's, he's well, average at best. Adds such a different element to your defense that it's not a luxury pick. He adds a completely other. And element. the two of them together, right. that's the fit. That's that's because Alexander Johnson is the tackler. He's a monster in the run game. Isaiah Simmons, he's. It'd be like the way running back tandems are like thunder and lightning. That would be their thunder and lightning exactly. of the linebacker. Group. Exactly. Craig L. asks, in the pod after the game, the boys talked about the no-names that Fanjo can get playing well in his system. With that in mind, what percentage split between offense and defense would you be happy with in the draft? Okay. I hope this doesn't cool. sound as dumb as a question as it sounds in my head. I love it. But how do you watch tape on someone other than YouTube? Oh, that. Um, defense, I think... I think you need to at least have a 60-40 split offense defense. How many picks? Oh, 10 picks? 
I think it's like 11 or 12. Is it 11 or 12? Uh, it's 9 officially right now, I believe, but could be up to 12 with uh, comp picks. I think it is 12. It is 12. 12. Right. Yeah, and those well, are pretty we'll see easy. The comp picks, yeah. Typically, they work as they're projected, though. Um, um, so, so if it's 12, then I would say I think a 70-30 split is really what needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just... And you've got lots of cap dollars to address other positions anyways. Yep. Um, and then as as far as watching tape, um, yeah, YouTube is great because they've shut down some of the sites. Uh, you know, you you can rewatch full games on the Internet. And that's the um, biggest thing is watching full games, not just highlights, because that's where you see weaknesses. Yeah, do not watch highlights, but, you know, I mean, you YouTube, can, watch a couple you can highlights. find cut-ups. Well, if you want to get the feel, but it those can be it's deceiving because... You know, even you and I, if they put together our five best plays, we might look Seriously. pretty good. But Seriously. But that does the show the upside. That shows the flashes. Yeah, you yeah. got to know what's, like, the exciting part about it. That's right. Um, um, so, yeah, there you go. But, you know, um, then it's on-demand type stuff. And there are fairly expensive services that have most of those tape. And and tape you can find too. most games for most prospects. You know, more and more you'll find more. A, you a know, lot of the them get season starts, they'll start uploading more stuff too. Yep. So. And for the big game, big guys, then you can see like every snap for whoever, and those are super convenient. Yeah, but watch entire cutups. Okay, final question. Happy Drew Year and happy off season. To the draft guys, hope y'all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's. I this did. is from World of Suck. My okay, man. thank you. I started becoming more and more interested in the oh, draft and scouting players a few years ago, and I like to think I've gotten pretty good at my evaluations of quarterback prospects. In recent years, all I've really evaluated has been the quarterbacks because the Broncos didn't have one, and that was enough to occupy me with. This is the first time in a while that we are going into the draft and quarterback is not on the list of needs. So can y'all help me out and go through a list of different positions and tell the good DMVR listeners what you look for in your evaluations, particularly of interest for me in this draft as wide receiver. I think that's where the Broncos are looking, and it's where I hope they go this draft. Also curious for your thoughts on this. On the Broncos pod, RK and Zach are all in on Drew while Mays just refuses to give an answer other than to say he's the 2020 week one starter. Where do you guys stand? Since you're the draft guys, how does his five-game sample size compare to his college work? How has he progressed? And what areas does he need continued improvement? Lots of questions today. I like it. Only because it is happy, the happiest season of all, draft season. Thank, thank you for your work. Love that. Um, Want to go through the top positions, what you look for? Uh, since receivers are kind of what we're that interested might in. That take too long. I think we could save that. Okay. Um, I mean, wide receivers, oh, okay. the first things are hands. You want to see hands. Route That's running. not just avoiding drops. It's the ability to make tough, high degree of difficulty catches, um, contested catches, adjusting midair, that kind of thing. That's something I really look for. With the little guys, it's route running. Route running, a hundred percent. And I think that there's definitely something to making that like your number one mm -hmm. that you're looking for, being able to create separation. Right. But I think that applies more to the smaller receivers, the guys who I mean right. rely on that more than the bigger guys. Um, right. And bigger guys, it's using your body position. It's how can you gain that edge? Maybe you're not separating, 
but you get your body in front of the corner so they have no play on the ball. Yep. That's huge. Yep. Um, and, and then yeah, it's attacking space, right? That's route running. It's being able to cre- create separation off the bat. It's that quickness to wiggle loose. Um, Brandon Spann Brandon is coming in with is criticism he showing us his wiggle? of our evaluation. <laughs> well, well, because uh, you're coming here doing this. Actually, no, it's this not is the very longest. average. We're being told that this is. Yes. We oh, yes. A, we just had a bunch of questions and uh, lots of lots of participation. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. Jason Harris, Colorado, um, Brandon. Yeah. He yeah. is coming to Colorado. What? Yeah, I know, Brandon, right? <laughs> Brandon just yes. got very excited. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm uh, pumped. I know. Yes, it yeah, is. It is. Oh, shit. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Can't do it. Um, oh, boy. As far as Drew Locke, I'm fairly convinced, but that doesn't mean I'm convinced he's the franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. I'm convinced that... He's shown enough to to encourage you that there's promise for him to become that. Uh, I'd advise you reading my film room where I broke down the areas where he needs improvement and what stood out so far. Um, he's really progressed in his ability to handle pressure and his ability to kind of be methodical and take what the defense gives him. He still has a long way to go with his uh, – consistent footwork and that would lead to being more accurate um, he also needs to throw it with a bit more touch and his accuracy on deep balls is probably the area he needs most improvement and at the same time like more than anything is that he's just really exciting to watch which is yeah. which is what i love and he has all the flashes that you look for and you can see where all of this stuff could come together to make him a very very good quarterback um even if there are still some flaws there's plenty of reason to think that they're going to be fixed. Yeah. Um, I think that that's through all the questions, right? Yep, that's uh, it. Is there anything left on the periscope that we need to get to? Not that I saw. We have scared them all away. Perfect. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that's going to do it for today. That'll we'll be it. back next week to talk about uh, this. Maybe something will happen in this last little round of bowl games, but then also we'll have to preview the national championship. Uh, hopefully we're going to start talking about a couple more FCS guys in the lead up to that national championship um and uh then we're kind of off and running we've seen all the tape and we'll get into uh the the senior bowl the the shrine game combine workouts pro days because it's actually draft season actual football season is just about to end uh thanks as always for listening uh, and we'll be back next week see ya